Good morning, Church Project. There's some good-looking people out there. We uh, we're going through Luke. We've been going through Luke for a whole long for for well almost two years now, year and a half, two years. We're nearing the end of Luke, though. Is that kind of exciting? Like, uh, we're just working through Scripture, and we're going to continue to work through Scripture. In fact, we would like you to open your Bible to Luke chapter 20. We're going to be covering verses 19 through 40. If you do not have a Bible, there's Bibles on the lamps on both sides. And, and if you don't own a Bible, just raise your hand. We'll bring you one, and that's our gift to you. Um, and we're going through the ESV version, so your Bible, if it's different, may read a little differently. Uh, but it's important that you have God's Word in front of you this morning. Man, Jeremy... Uh, Um, You guys, everyone, ladies, plurality of leadership team here and and back there. There's four guys back there playing Yahtzee. Everyone turn around and wave at our guys back there. uh, You know, they get here, I don't know, what time you get here? Seven in the morning? Earlier? I don't know. You get here early on Sunday mornings. Their team gets here early, they set up, and we're pretty, we're pretty simple. I want to stay simple. Like, we don't have moving lights and all that. Like, this, this is it. Some of you are like, I wish we had more lights because you can't see. So, just move. Hey, this is all we got. Like, there it is. Move to a lamp if you can't see or bring a flashlight. Like, Grandpa has a flashlight up here. But like Jeremy was saying, you know, this morning, uh, you know, I... We got a new computer back there. There used to be a big, big one back there, and we've got a little laptop, and it's the first week that we're using it, and I don't think it was working properly. And, you know, have you ever had some of those mornings where it's just, just, eh, just, just not working? It's just kind of hard. And even as I got up here to speak, I was like, uh-oh, I only got one bar of battery in my pack, so if it just shuts off, then just we'll see that as a sign from God, and we'll go home. <laughs> Hey, this is, this is church. This is not a production. This is about a relationship with the Savior. This is a cool, cool thing. And as long as we have a mic, we'll use it. As long as we have a computer, we'll use it. All our tools, everything we have to point to God. But this is not complex. Like this, is, this is simple. It's about being part of God's family. And so I appreciate you guys for coming at 2.30 in the morning. It's going to get earlier every time I say it. To set up. I appreciate you guys back there doing all this. It takes us as his body moving together. Um, and, and that's what's the cool thing about this. Church project is not on one person. Plurality of leadership. The church at large is, is about plurality of leadership. As we're going to be going into a 33 series, the men, um, this Saturday, I'd encourage every man to come. And not only that, bring, bring someone from work, bring a friend to come to this thing. This thing's phenomenal. And as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking of a time previously, just three years down ago in my life, four years ago, we, we started this thing called Authentic Manhood, the quest, this, pretty much the, same, the th- same thing. But in a small town of Gunnison, we had 50-some men showing up. And right here, Scott and Debbie Harmon, right here, this is the man who directed that whole thing in Gunnison. And so they're here visiting us. And, and Can you just applaud them? These are wonderful men and women right here. <laughs> Look at this. Um, but where's John? Where is John in here? John's in the back. Your beard? Hey, Scott, look at his beard. Like, that's a beard. Look at it. You guys need to get together and talk. Like, <laughs> Thank you guys for coming. I'm glad you're here. Church, thanks for being here this morning. Just look around. How many people do you know here? How many people are you in a relationship with here? 
Who can you call in this room when, when things are going hard in your life? Who can you call to celebrate, to go play disc golf with or spike ball? I won't talk about it anymore, okay? Are you in a relationship with people here? As we go through this passage in Luke 20, 19 through 40, we're, we're going we're gonna to learn some things. I mean, we're, we're, God's going to speak to our heart, and I mean our mind, whatever. He's going to speak to our mind. He's going to speak to our heart. We're going to learn some things, absolutely. My question is this, though. Are we just learning? Or is this affecting our entire life? And I hope as we go through this this morning, some of the things that, that we learn isn't just knowledge, but it's something that affects our life. Like this is such an incredible message. This whole gospel message of what Jesus, what God has done for us is so beautiful. And if we leave here today, I hope when we leave here today, we leave affected just saying, God, you love me. Thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you for teaching us today. If you were here last week, we, we studied the previous um, verses in Luke chapter 20. We just opened it up and we started talking about it. And, and, and I wish I had a deep announcer's voice because I would say right now, previously in Luke. <laughs> in our series, previously in Luke. I, I heard my voice trying that, man. <clears throat> the Sanhedrin, the officials began questioning Jesus. He's coming into Jerusalem. They begin questioning him. Um, why are they questioning him? The Jewish leaders did not want Rome to respond and remove them from leadership. Like they're in leadership and there's supposed to be peace in this area. And as Jesus is coming in with this entourage of people, it looks like peace is going to get disrupted. And the Jewish leaders are starting to shake a little bit. And the whole, the whole thrust of, of that passage previously in, in the first 20 or 19 verses of Luke 20 was about who gives you authority. They're asking Jesus, who gives you authority to speak into our life and tell us what to do? And as a church, we had to pause, didn't we? And we had to think, when, when we think of God, do we question his authority in our life? Beautiful passage. And as we move from that passage, we move into this, Luke chapter 20, verses 19 through 40. And I want to go ahead and just read the first part. And that's, that's how we begin this story. When, when he was saying that they were questioning him, who gives you the authority to speak into our life? So we hit pause and here we are. Let's pick up right in Luke 20, verse 19. The scribes and the chief priests sought to lay hands on him at that very hour. For they perceived that he had told this parable against them. But they feared the people. Verse 20. So they watched him and sent spies who pretended to be sincere that they might catch him in something he said, so as to deliver him up to the authority and jurisdiction of the governor. So they asked him, Teacher, we know that you speak and teach rightly and show no partiality, but, teach, but truly teach the way of God. It is, is it lawful for us to give tribute to Caesar or not? But he perceived their craftiness and said to them, Show me a denarius. Whose likeness and inscription does it have? They said, Caesar's. He said to them, Then render to Caesar's the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they were not able, to, they, they were not able in the presence of the people to catch him in what he said. But marveling at his answer, they became silent. We'll read the rest here in a minute. Do you see what's you see what's going on right here? Like these verses right here, verses twenty through twenty-six, it's a charge to live for the supernatural in the natural. 
I'm going to say that again. These verses are a charge for us to live in the supernatural or, or for the supernatural in the natural that we're living right now. How can I best describe this? I've, I've got an example. You can go ahead and cough. It's okay. Get it out. You're trying not to cough. I hate that. Just <laughs> go for it. Here's a, here's a good illustration. Some of you might be able to relate to this, especially the Ashitas, because they lived in California and they were beach bums for a while. Uh, but I lived in Miami and I pretended to be a beach bum. Like I, I had all the clothes. I mean, I was sunburned. I, it wasn't tan. I never tanned. I just don't. I was sunburned all the time. I walked around without shoes, like Miami Beach. Um, I, was, I was there. I tried to be a surf bum. I looked the part. But little did they, the, my surfing friends know that I was scared to death of the water. I had seen Jaws. <laughs> From Colorado, I had seen Jaws. I was scared of water. Like, I looked the part. I stunk. I had long hair. I was dirty. I didn't shower. I was a beach bum. How do you like that for stereotypical? Uh, but was I, was, I, was I a surfer? No. I, I wasn't a surfer. I just looked the part. Look in verse 19, right? As we start verse 20. The verse 20. So they, they watched him and, and they sent spies who what? What, what does your Bible say? Pre, pretended. I was pretending to be a beach bum. What are we pretending in our life, church? What are we pretending to be? What are we pretending to do? As we walk around and we go about our week. And sometimes it could be as simple as this. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Really? Are you? How many of us go through life and we just pretend? We pretend that, that we love God and he's, he's changing our life. We pretend on so many different levels. Look at what's happening. They're pretending. And look, let's see how Jesus responds to this. But, you know, I think we do this. I think we as a church, we do this. I mean, we re, in, in small forms, we relegate loving and serving to the least of these. Like the Bible says in Matthew 20. 25 verse 40. The least of these being the hungry, the thirsty, the strangers, the naked, the sick, those that are in prison. We relegate loving and serving those to, you know, like our good drug deal, as we've called it before, our good Christian drug deal, where we pull up to the ark or we pull up to goodwill and, and we throw out a bunch of junk we really don't want and then we feel good about ourselves and we pull off saying, I love the least of these. Pretended to love the least of these. But it's not affecting our life. Like, really, how hard was that? You just emptied your house of clutter. Was that really just loving the least of these? Church, don't wait for your church to organize something to love the least of these. Like, we will. Church Project, we will. I mean, already, you know, the Guadalupe Shelter Center, we've been helping once every other month, and now we have so many people, it's like, okay, now we need to start helping, and, and we can start helping every month, and I hope we get to the point where we're helping down there all the time. Like, we have that structure at Church Project. That's great. Some of you also noticed that on the website, we just posted dates for a Haiti trip we're taking in spring break. Like, we will organize things, and we, do, we will do things. But here's the deal. Don't wait 
wait for your church to organize something to love the least of these. Don't just, don't just pretend to be someone that loves people. Like, let it get in your life and just affect your life and be who you are. Oh, here's another one. Some of us, we relegate. I do this too. We relegate, relegate the Great Commission. Go and make disciples in Matthew 28, 19. To look the part with the ichthus symbol. You know, the ichthus symbol. That, the, the cross, thing, that little fishy thing. We relegate. God's command to go make disciples and love other people to, well, I got a Christian ichthus on the back of my car. Or I wear a cross everywhere I go and, you know, that's, that's probably good enough. Or I have a church project card and I'll hand it to somebody. None of those are bad. None of those are bad. But we relegate these things and we pretend sometimes like we truly are going and making disciples of all nations. And and we're talking to people and sharing this great love message with people. But really we're not. We're just pretending the part. Church, this is such an powerful message that we shouldn't just relegate loving the least of these to a good drug deal of dropping our stuff off. We're making disciples to putting a Christian sticker on our car. I guess it should affect our life. It's who we are. Here's a question. When was the last time we invited someone to house church? That's small. That's tiny. When was the last time we invited someone to house church? Or better yet, here's a better question. When was the last time we actually sat with someone and talked about who God is? What he's done in our life? Like, that's making disciples. Like, that's going to the nations. Church, if we just come here on Sunday morning and we go about our life and then we come back Sunday morning again and it just isn't affecting us, I have to ask us why. Are we just pretending? Huh. I believe that you want me to live my life this way, God. He's been showing us, he's been teaching us but our lives don't display it. Doesn't really affect us. So, we see these guys, they're spies, they're pretending. They're pretending to be sincere in verse 20. In verse 21, so they asked him, Teacher, we know that you speak and teach rightly and show no partiality, but, teach, uh, but truly teach the way of God. Verse 22, they ask, Is it lawful for us to give tribute to Caesar or not? But he perceived their craftiness and said to them, Show me a denarius. Whose likeness and inscription does it have? They said, Caesar's. He said to them, Then render to Caesar's the thing that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they were not able in the presence of the people to catch him and what he said, but marveled at his answer. They became silent. We leave, as I look at this, I, I just ask and I think, we, we live beyond the gravity of this world and we should live beyond just the gravity of this world, our day in and our day outs. And it's a tension of give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God's what is God's. Like we are right now, and, and if we're looking at the summary of just these verses, it's a charge for us to live for the supernatural Why we live in the natural right now. Like you see this tension, we're called to wake up and to go to the bathroom and to go to work and to pay bills and to exercise or else we get flabby like we're called to be here right now this is where we're at but we're just in the natural Jesus has given us the supernatural 
And he says, move about in the natural, but be focused on the supernatural. Be focused on eternity. Sometimes we we spend a lot of our times in the pursuit of just fading fads and and temporary things. Any of you get caught up in fading fads or or temporary things? Any, Any of you? No? Well, I did once. Stevie Mack is the name of my Cabbage Patch doll in third grade. Did I say Cabbage Patch doll? I, I meant Hulk Hogan the wrestler doll in third grade. And if you're, if you're my age, you remember the rage of Cabbage Patch kids, right? Like, oh my goodness, if you got one of those, you were, whew, the bomb. I don't know what the bomb's going to be for Christmas this year. What, what is it going to be? Anyone know? You're already out shopping, looking for it? Like, you get it. You get the point. Sometimes we get stuck in this temporal, don't we? We think of these, these temporal things. As nice as our house is, we just, we just got a, a new house. And it's what a blessing to get this new house. And as nice as that is, it's just temporal. And if you don't believe me, just ask the person who owned it before us. Everything that we have in life is temporal. These are just things and fads and whatever, right? We're called to live in this tension. Give to Caesars what is Caesars. Oh, and to God's what is God's. Well, what's the difference? Give to Caesar. As he's saying this, give to Caesar. He's saying, they're they're asking, do we pay taxes to Caesar? That's what they're asking. Do we pay taxes to Caesar? These are Jewish people, and they're saying, do we pay taxes to Caesar? The Jewish people, they would trade in their own currency. They had two currencies. They would trade in their own currency, and, and, and they, then they would go and pay taxes in the denarii. Okay, that was kind of the Roman official thing. And as you looked at the denarii, whose inscription was on it, whose face was on it? The Caesars. So as Jewish people are looking at Jesus, they're saying, what, what do we do? How do we pay taxes to this Caesar guy? And why are they asking this question? Because the Caesars, well, one, tribute tax, I thought is pretty cool. Tribute tax. Some of you have seen Hunger Games. The tributes, right? Okay, so the tribute tax is this. It's a payment made by by a group of people to another nation or another people. And it's a symbol of submission and dependence. And so they're asking, they're saying, Jesus, do you want us to pay taxes to this Caesar guy? Why are they asking this? Because most of the Caesars during this time were bisexual, ungodly, They had orgies all over the place. They threw parties with orgies. They had prostitutes put in the temple. Like these are just probably not your model citizens, right? And the Jewish people are going to Jesus and saying, seriously, you want us to pay taxes to him? You want us to submit to this? Welcome to 2014. How do we operate in an ungodly world? How do we move about our days focusing on who God is and what he's called us here for? How are we using what God has given us to impact the world? I want to say that again. How are we using what God has given us to impact the world? All this temporal stuff, all this technology, everything, our relationships, our jobs. How are we using what God has given us to impact the world? I can tell you what we shouldn't do. We shouldn't go hide away in a cave and hide from the world. No, we should live lives and use everything we can to point others to him. 
In fact, Paul, if, if you're familiar with the New Testament, Paul is looking and correcting one of the New Testament churches. Why? Because one of these New Testament churches thinks that Jesus is really going to return in the next couple days. They literally think Jesus is going to return in the next couple days. They were a little confused. So Paul went to this church and he says, Why have you stopped working? Why are you laying around? Why are you doing nothing? Like, you're confused. Jesus isn't returning tomorrow. He will return, but not tomorrow. So until he returns, work quietly with your hands. Go to work. Be a good citizen. We as Christians, we need to pay our bills and operate in this temporary thing. Oh, but we've got this. Colossians 3.23 says this. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Everything that we have, church, we should turn our work and our neighborhoods and our, our, and our hobbies and our jobs, everything that we have in, in our lives should what? It should point to who Jesus is. In this natural world, we're pointing to the supernatural. We're saying, this is about you, God. We've been consumed with giving to Caesars what is Caesars, and we don't focus on the things of the Lord. Would you say that about your life? We've been consumed with today and the schedule of today and paying the bills and we've been consumed with the stuff of this world that's temporary and oh yeah, when it's left over, we'll give to God's what is God's. Side note, this is this is the most political you'll ever hear me get at church project. You ready for this? Mainly because I'm bitter at all the flyers I've gotten in mail today, this week. Side note, Jesus never spoke badly about Caesar. Why do we bash our government? Better yet, Christians, are we praying for our government? Are we praying for our presidents? Hmm, interesting. Have fun with that. We'll get on down the road now. So these first six verses here is a charge to live for the supernatural and the natural. And are we doing that? Are we so consumed with our day in and day out that we forget all this is about God? Then we get down to verses 27 through 40. And let's read that, see what this says. There came to him some Sadducees. Those who, deny, uh, those who deny that there is a resurrection. And they asked him a question saying, Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, having a wife but no children, the man must take the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Verse 29. Now there were seven brothers. The first took a wife and died without children. And the second, and the third took her. And likewise, all seven left, no children, and died. Afterward, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had her as wife. Verse 34. And Jesus said to them, The the sons of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy to attain to that age and to the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage. For they cannot die anymore, because they are equal to angels and are sons of God, being sons of the resurrection. 
But that the dead are raised, even Moses showed in the passage about the bush, where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Now he is not God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. Then some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you have spoken well. For they no longer dared to ask him any questions. As we look at these verses, verses 27 through 40, here's kind of the thoughts on on the, the summation of these. It talks about how God knows eternity and our finite minds um, know this age. We can't grasp the things that God um, grasps. We're just not that intelligent. Maybe some of us are, but probably not. I'm just not that intelligent. I can't grasp the infinite. I can't grasp the knowledge that God has. And and I'm in this world and I'm walking in this world every single day. And I can't comprehend fully who God is and how he moves about his days. Can you? And they had a real question in verse 27. And they're saying, Moses in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, he, um, he wrote and he said, and they did not believe in the resurrection. Then we get all the way down to verse 35, and Jesus says, you have a limited perspective of this age, right? Their perspective is limited to a temporary viewpoint. Just look in verse 34 and verse 35. And Jesus said to them, the sons of this age, Mary... But those who are considered worthy to attain to that age and to that resurrection from the dead, neither will marry nor are given in marriage. There are things in our lives that are um, somewhat confusing and we don't fully understand how God moves about his days. It's the eternal things, the things that are beyond us. We're in this tension of living in the world and living for God. Here's, Here's an example about having a limited perspective. Have any of you ever gone through hard times in your life? I mean, just, just sincerely, sincerely hard, hard times. Where times where you thought, man, I, I might not even make it through this. Who knows what's going to happen at the end of this? I've been through a couple of them in my life. And as I, as I look back on those times, and possibly as you look back on those times, are those some of the times that you grew more than ever? Are those some of the times that God provided for you more than ever? That's a really good example of what it looks like to not fully know what God is doing every single day of our life. The people of this age live in this way, but God says, I have bigger plans. Do you trust me? Do you think that I am sovereign? It's a big fancy word. Do you think that I am sovereign in control, not bound by by time? Do you believe that you can trust me? And Jesus is looking at every single one of us today and saying, do you believe and do you trust in me? Look at verse 37 and 38. If anyone needs to stand up and stretch, go for it. It's a little warm. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting some yawns going on. We're about done here. Come on, it's all good. There's coffee over there if you need it. Kendall's like, I'll take it. Verse 37 and 38, we get down here. But that the dead are raised, even Moses showed, in the, pres- in the passage about the bush, where he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Now he is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for all live to him. When we look at these, the Sadducees had memorized every word of the Pentateuch. They had memorized it by the age of 13. The first five books of the Bible, they had memorized it by the age of 13. They knew the word of the Lord. And Jesus says, you think you know scripture better than I do? 
You're asking these questions because you have a finite mind and you do not understand the things of God fully. You do not comprehend them fully. And they had memorized every word of the first five books of the Bible. And they continued to study it daily. And they had such a small question for Jesus. How do we begin to wrap our minds around eternity living here today? How do we begin to understand the things of God while living here today in this world? I tell you, in my life, I began to understand God a little more when I spent time in His Word. When I purpose getting to know who He is. In the midst of chaos, living in Miami with just things going around all over the place, I could, I could go and, and I could retreat to underneath a bridge. That's the best I had. And just open His Word, begin to pray, begin to talk to Him, begin to spend time with Him. We will never understand the things of God if we don't spend time with Him, church. My quiet times I've had for many, many years. I've listened to many, many messages. I've read the Bible through and through, over and over again. I'm in seminary. Like, I'm a smart dude about this Bible, right? Or am I nothing more than a Sadducee? Like, we can know everything there is, but do we have a relationship with God? Like, is, is it affecting our lives? Are we spending time purpose on, on who God is and spending time with Him? Some of the sweetest moments in my life have come with God. What does that look like for me? It's, it's different all the time. What I've been doing lately is opening up a Proverbs with the corresponding day. So today is what? The 24th, 20, 26th? Wow, I was still on Friday, Friday. Um, so open up Proverbs 26. And you read Proverbs 26. What about just opening the Bible? What about praying? What about reading commentaries? What about singing? What about talking? Here's, here's a novel idea. What about being? Just sitting and abiding in God. Like, He is in us. We are part of God. Like, we move. So why don't we just shut up and sit down and spend time with Him? Like, He's in us. But yeah, we move about in the Caesar world. We move about in the temporary, so confused. Oh yeah, when I remember, I'll give my life to God or I'll purpose my relationships to God and I'll move in the supernatural while living in the natural. Church, what would it look like if we were a people who said, I will follow you, God, wholeheartedly? As, as, as a church, just as a body, what would it look like if we said, we will follow you wholeheartedly. I will press in and follow you, Lord. We will be a people dedicated and in love with his word and who he is. And as we read it, we will meditate on his word and who he is. We will pray that word over our lives and over this world. If we were a group of people who said, Jesus, I am all yours, what would happen? We would smile. We would affect Greeley, Colorado. We would move about in love with the Savior as we abide in Him. That's the that's church I want to be a part of. How about you? Like, these are relationships that I want, real ones, ones that are focused on the supernatural as we move about in this natural world. Like, I want to know you. One of the parts of Sunday morning 
is I can't have conversations with everyone in this room. We can't at house churches, though. So let's break it down even smaller. Let's get in house churches. As awkward as it is, when you're the only one that shows up, sorry, Ginger. <laughs> as awkward as that is, keep pushing through. Be in purpose. This is not about today. It's about beyond. Let's build relationships with each other. Let's focus in on God. Let's spur each other to love and good deeds. Like This is all about a love relationship with God. And I want to move together with you in this life. Do you? Let's run after God. If you would, right now, I'm done with words. Just close your Bible. This is the part that I pray for most. And this is the part where I say, okay, God, I hope whatever I said, you spoke through me. And I trust the Holy Spirit to be speaking to each and every one of you. Because he's just that powerful. So I want to give us a time just to, just to meditate on what God may be speaking to us, each individually. If you're comfortable with it, just close your eyes. Hold your hands out in front of you. And this is nothing more than just a submissive state saying, God, <laughs> here I am. I receive whatever it is you want to show me. Teach me, love me, speak to me. And God, anything that I've been holding... I give that to you. Just place that in your hands. Just spend a couple moments in silence right now. Just saying, God, here I am. Speak to me.